Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Companions of the Message podcast. This is Mahat with Thursday Thoughts. I wanted to welcome everyone back after such a beautiful and inshallah accepted Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, we've gained a lot of new listeners, so I wanted to reintroduce the podcast. The purpose of this podcast is for us to be companions of the message. And we discussed in the first episode that the Sahabas, عنهم, the companions of the Prophet Muhammad, وسلم, their highest status, no matter what they've achieved in this dunya, for their spiritual self, not even for their dunya status, but for their spiritual self, no matter what they did, no matter if they were martyrs, no matter if they memorized the entire Quran, no matter if they went and gave da'wah, no matter what, the greatest status they had were being Sahabas, were being companions of the Prophet Muhammad and as people who came after him. We cannot be companions to him, but we can be to his message. And this can be the best thing about you, is being companions to his message. We're well aware we're not shayukh or shaykhahs, but you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to remind people. And this podcast is just a reminder. It may be a reminder you've heard so many different times, but you know, when you hear it in a different way or a different perspective or from a different voice, it really does resonate differently. And all I'm trying to do, and Sara and Maryam, is just to create a difference. It's to leave something that will exist after us, to create a legacy. That no matter where we go, this podcast will exist for someone to benefit from, inshallah. So alhamdulillah for this Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us with. So many people, the last few nights of Ramadan, returned back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People who thought they were going to see Eid. People who bought outfits for the day of Eid, returned back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the last few nights. One of the blessed nights. So again, nothing is guaranteed. The only thing that is, is your death. And again, it's not to sound cynical or sinister. It's just to talk about the reality of ourselves. To know that tomorrow is not promised, but death is. And to seize the moment before death seizes you. And Ramadan, it showed us that the shayateen are all locked up. It showed us how much we can do, how much we can achieve. And it showed you and I that when the shaytan is not present, we're capable of so much. So now you have to reflect that when the shaytan is present, the shayateen are all around us, whispering and influencing us and trying to persuade us to do actions or to let go of certain good deeds, that it's very difficult to defeat the shaytan. And something I realized is that I cannot defeat the shaytan. That me, Maha alone, I can't defeat him alone. And Ramadan showed me that. That when he's not around, I'm doing amazing. I'm a better person. I'm better with my parents and my family and everyone around me. I'm a better person. But when he's back, I can't defeat him alone. No matter how hard I try. And this is the reality. You cannot defeat shaitan. He's existed for how long? He's manipulated so many people. And subhanAllah, no one can defeat him alone. And what I'm trying to say is not to cause despair. What I'm saying is the truth. You cannot defeat the shaitan alone. An emphasis on the alone. But you can with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to defeat the shaitan, to defeat our worst enemy, to defeat the one that wants the worst for you, that wants your skin to dissolve within the hellfire. He doesn't want any good for any one of us, and yet we have ways of justifying the actions that he's whispering to us. He doesn't want any good for you. Why are you justifying his actions? You know, it's one thing to do a sin and feel guilty about it. But then there's another when you do a sin and you're justifying it and you're welcoming others to it. That's another level. That's a shaitan level, right? They, these are what shayatin do. They welcome people to sin. They introduce people to sin. They want to do it and they want to make sure you're there with them when they enter Jahannam. We're not supposed to be like them. Look at the Prophet Muhammad He dedicated his entire life, as every Prophet did, in preaching the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in preaching his oneness and his laws and how to obey him and how to worship him. 
what they were trying to teach us is how to enter Jannah, how to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what the shayateen are trying to do is how to displease Allah and how to enter Jahannam with them. So you decide, do you want to enter Jannah with the prophets or do you want to enter Jahannam with the shayateen? So again, we need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not to cause despair. You will have despair if you try to do it alone. You will find yourself failing. You will find yourself conquered by the shaitan and his whispers. But when you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you'll find yourself to be successful. You need him. How do you show that you need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is by making the dua. By making a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you. When Yusuf alayhi salam was met by the woman who was trying to seduce him, what act of worship did he do? He made a dua. He asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the jail more beautiful than this woman. Because he himself as a prophet knew if it's not for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's not bigger than any sin. And this is something we have to accept. You are not beyond any sin. Any sin that's out there is within your reach if you do not have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No matter how much you say, oh no, I would never. Those are the people that you find in the worst habits and the worst actions. And you ask them what happened and they say, I thought this would never happen to me. And yet they're consumed by those sins, by those actions. So you need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The pious, they return to Allah in their moments of desires, in the moments of the whispers of the shaitan. They return to Allah by making a dua. So in this episode, I really wanted to focus on this concept of knowing you cannot defeat him alone. That when the shayateen are not around, you're actually a great person. And when they are around, you need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even when they're not around, you still need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to conquer yourself, to conquer your own nafs. But when the shayateen are around, it's even more of a task, more of a struggle for us. You know, some of us, we feel like we're beyond saving. You know, someone who's very dirty. And you tell them, you know, just take a shower and you'll be clean. And they say, no, I'm too dirty to take a shower. And you're looking at them, it doesn't make sense what they're saying because if they take the shower, they will then become clean. No matter how dirty your heart is, no matter how dark and hard it is, just return back to Allah and your heart will shine. You need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or else you will become a dirty, filthy person that has filthy thoughts and filthy intentions and doesn't see the best in anyone, doesn't see the best in themselves, doesn't see the purpose of themselves. So just as you would look at someone who is filthy in appearance and just tell them to just take a shower and it will clean them. It would allow them to present themselves differently. It will allow the world to see the person differently. If they would just take a shower, just know that when you're doubting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ability to save you, to take you out of the darkness, Yunus alayhi salam was in the darkness of the night in the darkness of the depths of the ocean, in the darkness of the belly of the whale. And he called out through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I love what he said. He said, La ilaha illa anta, subhanaka, inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. You know, when we talk about this dhikr that Prophet Yunus alayhi salam did, he made a mistake. He left his nation when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not command him to leave. And subhanAllah, when he came back to his nation, he found all of them believing. And it shows you that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really doesn't need any of us. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is capable of everything. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is using us giving us opportunities to serve him and to worship him and to gain his pleasure. Whenever you find any khair, any good, just know this is an opportunity. When someone invites you to speak, thank them for the opportunity. When someone is in need of money, thank them for that opportunity to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this person, through supporting this person, whether it's with money, time, with words, with kindness, with whoever it is, with a smile. These are all opportunities for us to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, when I try to explain this dhikr and what it means to the kids' halaqa, I told them, I was like, say you upset your mother. You got her really upset. You probably yelled back or answered back or, you know, disobeyed her. Whatever the case is, you really upset her. So what do you do? And it shows you the etiquette of apologizing this dhikr. 
You compliment the person. You tell your mom, you know, Ma, I love you so much. You know, you're the best mom in the world. What did Yunus alayhi salam say? He said, La ilaha illa anta. He tells Allah, there's no one. There's absolutely nothing that should be worshipped illa ant, except you. Yunus alayhi salam is praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you say, La ilaha illallah, this is a praise. You are declaring that nothing is worth serving or worshipping except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Yunus alayhi salam, he's apologizing to Allah by glorifying Allah. And he says it again, subhanaka. He's amazed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this part of the dhikr, he's complimenting Allah. You would say like he's sucking up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know when you're trying to get things right with your sister or your family or whoever it is, you give them a nice few words about themselves or oh, you look so pretty today. You're the best or you're so nice, you know, you're always there for me. You just say something kind. You don't just go straight to the apology. You gotta sweeten them up. So Yunus alayhi salam, he does this. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka. And then he tells him, I'm sorry. He takes ownership. He doesn't just say, I'm sorry. You know, he takes that accountability. You know, I'm sorry I yelled at you. I'm sorry I slammed the door, Ma. I should have never done that. Own up to what you did because you did it. When we think of the concept of forgiveness, we think of just letting everything go. You can't accept forgiveness. Forgiveness is holding people accountable with compassion. Regardless if that's, you know, letting things go or that's talking it through, or whatever it is you got to do, but doing it with compassion, doing it with kindness, doing it with the best of your character. So Prophet Yunus alayhi salam says, La ilaha illa anta, subhanaka. He's glorifying Allah, and then he takes that accountability. Inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. I've oppressed myself. I wronged myself. I shouldn't have left my people. So he's taking that ownership that he did it. In me, I did it. I made myself from the oppressed. I made myself from the ones who are cut off. I'm the reason why I'm in the belly of the well, in the depths of the ocean, in the darkness of the night. It's me. It's my fault. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanaka, you are amazing, ya Allah. You are the one who perfects. You, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are always there for us, are always in support of us. But it's us. We are the ones who distance ourselves from you. We are the ones who are oppressing ourselves. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah is abundant. It's so much that it showers over us. It's not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah that's limited. It's us that are distracted. Al-haakum al-takathir. Us always wanting more is distracting us and oppressing ourselves. And the dhikr is, and I'm purposely repeating it over and over again in case anyone listening doesn't know it. So that way it can sound a lot more familiar. Even if you do know it, repeat it with me. It's a good dhikr to do. So again, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. And this is how he ends this dhikr. And this is the dhikr that allowed him to be freed from the belly of the well. So do not think you are too dirty for Allah. That there's nothing that can cleanse the way you think or the way you feel. All you have to do is purify yourself by returning back to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love has never changed for you. It's our sight that is now finally seeing Allah's love and its glory. Or it's always been there. It's not as if you found it and you discovered it and you're amazed by it. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love has always existed, has always surrounded us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creating this earth is a rahmah, is a mercy from Him. So the love has always been there. We're just now finally seeing it. We have to live by design and not by default. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us with a purpose. You are perfected. 
You are the most beautiful of his creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prefers your sajda over the angel that hasn't gotten up from his prostration since the day he was created and he will not get up into the day of judgment and he will go back to Allah and say, I didn't worship you enough. Yet he was in prostration his entire existence. And Allah says, I prefer your sajda. I prefer when you prostrate to me. Because when our prostration happens and occurs, it's out of worship, right? It's out of obedience. It's out of us wanting to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and submitting ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When someone doesn't have a choice, it's great that they're doing it, but they honestly didn't have a choice. But when someone does have a choice and they still show up for you and they still help you and do whatever it is that they need for you, it's a different feeling. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made actions mandatory. Because Allah loves it and He loves it for us because we are in need of salah. We are in need of our modesty. We are in need of our good character. It's not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's for ourselves and for each other. So again, the purpose of this episode is to show you that you cannot defeat the shaitan alone. It's been over two weeks since Ramadan. Have you kept up with any of the worship you were doing all last month? That's the reality check. Hold yourself accountable. Glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask for his forgiveness. Always return back, cleanse yourself and know you cannot do this alone. That you need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make dua, declare it with your words, with your thoughts, with your body, putting it in prostration, telling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you need him. You have to express this. You can express this with your body by just putting your body into sajda. Express this with your thoughts, with the way that you're thinking. And the way that you're always calling out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without you even allowing a word to leave your lips. Make dua and declare it with your words, with your hands risen, facing the qibla, knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that you need, the one that will allow you to be successful against your worst enemy, the shaitan. So jazakumullahu khayran for listening. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us each to be successful and allows us to whenever this desire comes to us, whenever a whisper enters our heart, that we're able to make a dua to Allah the way Yusuf alayhi salam immediately called out for Allah. Allow us to always call out to you, Ya Allah. Jazakumullahu khayran for listening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.